I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guests are Sapo and Lorena. They're the parents of Nawe, a toddler who lives with IFAP syndrome. Let's talk about it. Um, well, we are sitting down with um, uh, just the most lovely couple. I hope it's okay that I say that. Uh, Sapo <laughs> and Lorena, all the way from Toronto. Um, but uh, I guess before we get into it, before we get into the discussion about your lives and, and what you've been through over the last uh, couple of years, um, why don't you give our listeners a little introduction into who the two of you are, uh, where you're from, and, and uh, what you do for a living. My name is Lorena. I am from Brazil. However, I've been living in this beautiful country, Canada, for 20 years. So I'll say half of my life. And at the moment, I'm just a full-time mom. <laughs> yes. Full-time that's indeed. My... Yes, very yes. full-time. <laughs> as full-time as can be. <laughs> <laughs> no break at all. No. <laughs> yes, 24-7, full-time mom of us. Uh, special need boy with a very rare uh, genetic condition. Mm-hmm. And Sapo, how about yourself? Okay, my name is Gerson Dias Alves, known in Capoeira as Sapo Capoeira, or Contramestre Sapo. I come from the northeast of Brazil, Olinda, Pernambuco. I have been teach- training Capoeira for the past 28 years, and I have been teaching for a while as well and I came to Canada after I was offered a job to come here to teach capoeira and to do shows across Canada and yes this is me (laughs) well we're we're really really uh glad to have the two of you here um uh the the three of us just recently watched a documentary that is currently on uh CBC Gem uh titled uh, why we fight? I got that right. right? Yes. Okay. Good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, it is. It's a. It's a really lovely piece looking into uh, the lives of the two of you, but also into the life of your your little boy Nawe, who lives with. Um, and Lorena, you kind of said it there. Lives with a, a rare condition called IFAP syndrome. Yes, IFAP stands for Ichosis Follicularis Alopecia Photophobia. Okay, Brian, say that back to her right now. <laughs> Go for it. Something, something, alopecia photophobia. I remember hearing 50%. it. 50%. When you, when you talked about it, um, it, it does kind of, uh, the name of it kind of describes what it is, right? Because it's, it's sort of like this rare collection mm. of like all of these different things that... Uh, that affect Nawe, right? Yes. 
Can yeah. you give us a little bit of insight into what IFAP syndrome actually consists of? So basically consistent and then the absence of the sweat glands. So he doesn't really sweat. He holds a lot of the heat. So summertime, I have to always stay him in a cooler places. Like if I go out with him, it will be early morning or more evening time because like mm. impossible to go out with him at like 1 p.m. when it's 40 degrees outside. So basically he, his absence of hair, so that's uh, alopecia. He has no hair at all. And the skin is extremely dry, uh, very prone for skin infection. That's where basic my cousins, I had a couple cousins with this born with the same genetic, they pass away because the skin is very challenged. Because sometimes you get like a skin infection, when you see it, it, it goes through the bloodstream and then <laughs> it's all messed up. Mm. And uh, he has some um, intellectual delays. He's, he's a small baby. He's six years old, but he's the size of uh, three years. But um, what else I can say? Yeah, yeah he's through a G2, 100%, nothing through mouth. He has um, a leostomy pouch cause, mm -hmm. because of the hush, hush bronx. So when he was two weeks, he had this surgery that um, he has the has to put the uh, the ileostomy. Um, yeah, many things and the nails. It's 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 not like it's. I don't know how to describe. I'm so sorry, but it's very damaged. I will mm. say. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, and uh, you have to keep moisturized his eyes so we make sure it's, it doesn't cause dryness. That's, well, you want to make sure he will keep his sight very good, his vision. Otherwise, he scratch, he scratch a lot. Yeah, mm -hmm. otherwise, it's super mm -hmm. dry. So I'll say at least four to five times a day, we have to put in the eye drops, keep him moisturizing his skin oftentimes. And make sure he's happy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, no, I noticed when uh, when I was watching the uh, when I was watching the doc that um, well, in particular the the scene the scene where you talk about um, how you soak him every day um, using the like the in the in the water with the blend of the herbs and things. Um, yes. And I noticed like in 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 a lot of the in a lot of the shots that were um, that were like filmed for the doc. His skin looked very looked very good, and then there was photos of him in the past where his skin looked very, like like really dry and and, and big dry patches. Is like what is um, what? How did that develop from his skin being in that place of being very dry and uh, and cracked and like very noticeably so to where to where he is and where we see him in the in the documentary because in relation it seemed like it was it was it was a lot better is that is that right Yeah no that's right that's right To be honest we still like learning every day with Nawe mm -hmm. and uh, but I noticed that it's like a cycle yes. his skin his skin mm -hmm. it gets better and then we get like good hopes, like, yes, it's healing. And then it's coming back to what, what it was, like to the mm -hmm. redness and get the scales. 
and most probably it could happen a skin infection that we always have to keep eye on it and then now it's it, like a, a week ago his skin was so bad and then now it starts to healing and it's like basic it's Is like a cool? snake <laughs> mm. you know when the snake changed this whole skin it's basic now way can some especially the the red part that's build this scale it's become so thick thick that uh it's kind of renewed the whole skin and then now it's a new cycle so it's just mm. it's cycle that's yeah. that's what we know so far because uh because of it's a rare condition we don't have many studies like incredibly so may, rare right you said like 40 40 cases in the world or yes. something like that that's incredible, yes. which is very, very, very rare. Have you met? Have you met anyone else who who like has a child who's living with this right now? Um, through social media, because since uh, Nawe was born, um, I have been sharing pictures of Nawe on my social media and videos of him, and I always tag his condition, IFAP or IFAP syndrome, and I already. Two person with a child with the same uh, condition have emailed me like, oh, you know, I have a son that has the same uh, work condition as you, son. How you do with this? How you guys deal with the skin, with the, you know, don't have uh, the eye drops for his visions. So which surprised me a lot when I got a, a message, you know, like mm. an email or a private message with someone saying that they have a kid exactly like our yeah. son. And at the same time, I feel proud when, you know, they ask us questions, we are able to help them mm-hmm. with our experience. Yeah, because I, I mean, I can only imagine that with uh, with a disease that is so rare, it's 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 hard to know. It's hard to know what works, what doesn't work. I mean, it's it's not like we're dealing with something that, there's a ton of research that's been put into this one disease where, you know, the treatments are very well known, very well, you know, easily accessible, um, I, which it leads it me also, to... It, it, le- it feels like, before you ask that question, Jared, it feels too like, like it's probably an, an interesting situation where oftentimes when people live with um, an illness or a disease, they rely heavily on the advice from healthcare workers yeah. or doctors who are able to advise them because they've seen these things many times, but... In this case, with only 40 people 40 living people. with yeah. this around the world, yeah. it's probably the, the parents and caregivers who actually That's start right. to know more about how, the, how to treat the illness or, or manage the illness um, in the best ways because they're the ones with the actual mm. experience in doing it because they live day to day with that. It's so true because I remember walking to some uh, a meeting with the complex care from sick kids and with the hope that I was, you know, getting something back from them. Oh, you guys should do this or should do that. Mm-hmm. And then I remember walking out like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, like I had this hope that I was listening to somebody saying something about his condition that would help. And then, no, they are just doing the studying on him. So, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's something, yeah. We yeah. uh, we have a, a really um, engaged and and wonderful 
um, a community that follows along with the podcast are, are patrons who, uh, when they know we're talking to someone specifically, they sometimes submit questions. And we actually had a question coming from Ashley, and she was wondering, you know, we're talking about how, how rare this disease is, 40 people in the world. Um, Ashley was wondering, did it take a long time to get a diagnosis of something that is so rare? Um, to be honest, like, um, this genetic condition runs on my family since my grandmother. Wow. And, uh, yeah, my grandmother, she had three boys with the same condition. However, they, they basically born and they pass away because they're just born in, like, in a small, very city. And as soon as, soon as they're born, they, they need immediately uh, medical assistance. Mm. So at that time, I will talk about, I don't know how many years ago. So that time, basically, they born and they pass away. And for a long, like many, many years, we didn't know the name of the condition. We, we just know that um, this condition runs on my family. And, and you will know a little, like, the characteristic of the, the condition. But when I was born... All the doctors, like, what's going on? I'm like, I know it runs on my family. It's a genetic condition. So they asked me if they want a test to know the name. I'm like, of course. That's, right, yeah. I really would like to. <laughs> yeah. They've been to wanting know to know that for years. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She's my grandmother. Yeah. So so they they took a sample. They sent to the States because not even Canada, they do this type of test. And they sent to the States. And they came up with the, this name, IFAP. That's when we finally, finally like know what's the name of the condition. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. What, what was it like getting that diagnosis, especially knowing the history of, of how it affected your family mm. and, and, you know, the shortened life expectancy of, of the kids that your grandmother had? Like, what was that experience like for you find, finding that out? was very nice because very nice it was very, no, it was very nice to know the name it's like now i can at least you know like related to a, a name because before it's yeah. just like oh it's something that runs on my family that's all mm-hmm. i will say mm-hmm. and now the good part is because my my it's because it's only had some boys like this this oh, wow. one, the, like yeah it's like <laughs> me I'm a carrier. If I was a boy, yeah. I, will, I will be like my son away. But since I'm a woman, I'm a carrier. So mm. I don't have like the physical, but I can pass it on. Mm. So I only have some boys. So I have a daughter and she was tested to see if she was, uh, she also, she's a carrier and she was not. Wow. So yeah. basically it's one of you... Making babies, you know, we women, we have the two X. So one of my X has the mutation. So mm-hmm. all depends which X I'm, I am giving. So for my daughter, I give my health X. But for Nawe, I give the X with the mutation and mm-hmm. with the Y of the dad, it, it forms a boy like Nawe. Mm. Mm. So in the, in the documentary, one of the things that... Um, that I and I, I really like I I <clears throat> you know there's a there's a number of times where we've we've talked to folks from whether it be different podcasts or different shows and and these things that have like a link with CBC, um, but 
I really, really implore anyone listening to to go watch this documentary. It's it's under thirty minutes, beautifully well done. Um, and one of the the first lines in the entire show, Sapo, you 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 say, um, for us to live in this world, you've you've got to be playful. And I love that. I love that. I love that line of uh, that mode of thinking. I love that that philosophy. That is something that that stands true with this podcast here. That's like that's how this entire podcast began on that foundation of finding humor, finding you know, finding joy even in the moments of hardship. Um, and a big part of the documentary is following you, the two of you, the three of you, really, as a family, and trying to navigate the the hardships of of having a young child who is living with a a disability that is quite severe. But there's also this through line about how the art of capoeira really played a role in in helping the two of you sort of navigate and manage the hardships that arose from that. And I I there's something very fascinating I find something very fascinating about that because I think that Everybody who is a parent who ends up becoming a caretaker has a challenge ahead of them, which is finding the thing that allows them to manage and cope and, and utilize for you know, their own therapeutic uses to get through the, the toughness of, of having a child who's sick. So my parent, I live with cystic fibrosis, I, again, another genetic disease, shortened life expectancy. It was really hard on my parents. And to have a conversation with them about what they used for their own coping mechanisms and, and, and you know, the, the, the help that they sought out themselves on their own journey was really fascinating. And so I, I want to talk about that a little bit with the two of you. Um, I guess, firstly, let's, let's go into, uh, for some people who might be listening who don't know what capoeira is, can you, can you explain capoeira and... And then maybe just explain to us how it played a role within your lives in terms of dealing with, with what Nawe is, is going through and what the two of you have to go through. Um, capoeira, capoeira is a Brazilian martial art, right? Capoeira was um, developed in the 16th century in Brazil. And capoeira is all about re- resistance, right? It's about... Uh, stay strong, it's about fight for the freedom, for your freedom, can be the freedom of the mind, the freedom that you are uh, facing. And, you know, in Capoeira, we have many, many tools, right? We have the music, we have uh, as a martial arts, as a dance, acrobatics, history. So it's so many things in once, right? Mm. So um, Capoeira has been helped me and has been a part of my life life for so many years and I come from you know as a kid was super hard where I grew up and I had my head focused in capoeira at all time I even had some of my friends making joke oh man go get a job you know you're getting crazy blah 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 and then I was offered a job you know to leave Brazil at first, I was supposed to go to Japan, to Osaka. Somehow, the plan got changed, and they sent me to Canada. And I was only 18 years old. And they pay for my ticket, for my visa, for my passport, for everything, right? So when I look back where I come from and where I am right now, and basically everything was paid for, <laughs> it's like, wow, 
You know, wow, <laughs> Capoeira have done so much to me. Mm. And then when we had Naue, I just, the same tool that I use it to help me growing as a human being and stay focused in life, I adapt to race Naue, you know, because we have the music that brings so much ancestrality, power, you know, like cleans your mind. Doesn't matter if you are happy, if you are sad, it's gonna help you, you know, clean your mind. And I, since day one, I have been playing a lot of music for Naue, Capoeira music. We have the birimbau, we have tambourine, we have uh, congas. So, and you know, I, I, I keep looking at him and I saw that every time I was playing music to him, was calm him down. Mm. Even with his itching, you know, every time he tried to cop me. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to take this a little bit more deep and not just for fun, but I will um, use this art form to, to help him on his development, on his memories. You know, it's kind of fun because yesterday I taught music class for the student and uh, Lorena, she was not with me. And I was like, at first I was like, man, I'm gonna have a such hard time today because I'm gonna have Nawe with me. And at the same time, I'm gonna be teaching music. But I got to the park with him. He helped me through the whole class long. He was singing, he was like playing the instrument and everybody was like, wow, wow. Even myself, you know? And there was some time that uh, we stopped playing music and then he kept going on and he was bringing the energy together, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's something so special, you know? I never thought that we could get this far using the capoeira, you know, this art form to being like our tool to develop, you know, like his learn and everything to, mm -hmm. to get to the state that he's at now, especially with so much ancestrality that we have in Capoeira, you know? And I believe that Nawe, he chose me and Lorena to be his parents, you know? Mm. And, you know, and having Capoeira in this whole ancestrality and knowing that he chose me and her to be his parents, what can I ask, you know, yeah. uh, to have more than that, you know? So, yeah, I believe that capoeira is is the main carrot in our teaching to him, and the day by day. It really, uh, it really shines through. Like the music um, shines through with Nawe. Like how you can, how you know, the, the camera would be trained on him, and and you'd be playing the instrument, they'd be singing, and then you could just see him see him singing and his lips moving and him singing yeah. the music and going on with it. It was really great. And yeah. I, I, I just have to say that, um, Brazil, Brazil holds a, a very special place in our hearts. Yeah. Um, Jeremy and I met there 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, wow. and, uh, yeah. and, and my, my wife and I also met there, um, along with wow. Jeremy 10 years ago. And, and, uh, um, we were in, um, Itacare, um, which is, uh, which is uh, in the Northeast. And, um, and, uh, and it, that was, and I was lucky enough to experience capoeira shows while I was there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to this show 
and I had heard of capoeira before, like like somewhere vaguely. I don't think I had ever seen it, but I had heard the name, and uh, and we we ended up going to this show in town, and I was absolutely blown away by the. It, it it's hard to descri- it's it's really hard to describe how all encompassing it is like how it is how it is it it like acro- like you said acrobatics music dance martial arts like it's so impressive it's so physically impressive and at the same time so musically impressive and how it all yeah. comes together i mean, I mean it it really is a, a, an incredible art form and uh, and and I was I was uh, as soon as I turned on the documentary I it kind of just like flooded all these memories back of yeah. being in yeah. Brazil and and going to see the Capoeira shows and and seeing the influence um, and the love that you have Ooh. for it and how that love is it, that love for that practice you know flows out of you and 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 through Nawe um, and the community as well that that that's involved in it it was really it was really. Mm. Cool to see because I have such I have such personal ties to it as well. Um, yeah, I, I I no go ahead. You know, like it's kind of it's kind of um, let, let's let's see how I'm gonna put this. When you see Capoeira at first, you're gonna see you know those guys doing the jinga, moving around, non t-shirt. Some of them is off feet, you know, you go like, wow, you know, you must be fit to do this sport. But if you take a moment to watch the whole thing, it's more than just be fit, be upside down, you know, it's history. Mm. It's music there. You know, like some people are afraid to, to try a class because they gonna they go like, oh, I'm going to embarrass myself here if I try a class. But sometimes you go try a Capoeira class and you're not going to fall in love for the game, but you will be in love for the music, mm. you know, for the instrument, for the history. So I see Capoeira as a big lack. It's a lack, right? Yeah, I you think know? so. Is an umbrella, you know, has mm-hmm. a bunch of, you know, parcel that you can you can take from there. You okay? Mm-hmm. You might be a capoeirista, you might be this guy who gonna flip high, or you might gonna be a musician. So it's more than one thing, you know, mm-hmm. more than be yeah. fit, you know. So and I, I think that I, I I'm glad you said that because it's it's again like coming back to this notion of finding things that we can turn to and lean on in life that help us through hard times or help us manage, you know, manage illness or manage, manage life in, in some way. And you look at something like Capoeira and it's like this, it's this perfect storm of, of healing. You know, you've got, you've got rhythmic movement and dance, which is heal. Like, like that's just, that's healing. You've got, you've got <laughs> music, music and, and, and like the beat like that is, that's healing. You've got this rich, rich culture behind it and, and co- like that seeping, steeping yourself into, into culture like that is healing. And so you, you have all these things coming together that it really, it's just quite a beautiful thing to see mm-hmm. from an outsider's perspective, how you've utilized this in a way to not only heal f- between the two of you and, and yourselves, but also as a, as a unit, as an entire family, it's really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of reminds me that, so Taylor and Jeremy and I are all yoga teachers 
and um, I think a lot of about the mindful movement aspect mm. of it, and it reminds me of like a very like I imagine it to be like a very meditative process, mm-hmm. especially like you talked about like the the ancestral like feeling the ancestors with you when you're when you're practicing and and when you're playing, and and I I identify with that sort of experience through yoga. But it, the thing that I just connected with so much that you said is is you talked about how when you see this performance show, you see like these people that look these certain ways and you think that you have to look that way to be able to do it. Mm. But when we talk about coming into the the yoga studio, it's not, the goal is not to look a certain way in the pose. The goal is to feel these experiences as you're taking part in the practice. It's, mm. it's what's happening inside. And, and so much it's so much we think it's about, what this should look like, but once you actually get into there and you actually start to try it, you realize, no, it's not about that end result. It's about the experience and the journey al- along the way. So I'm, I want to, I want to try <laughs> yeah. capoeira. Nice. Yeah, you should, you should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. I would like to I'd like to kind of dig in a little bit if it's okay into what what is for the two of you like what is a day in the life of parents living living with a child who has uh IFAP. You know, I I know that through the documentary it's it it's obviously a lot of a lot of heavy lifting. It's a lot of work um considering that uh Nawe is fed through a feeding tube and and that there you know there's the persistent skin issues and and the ileostomy so what what does like what does a full day look like in terms of managing the care of of a child like Nawe <laughs> I'm going to leave this to her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well it's a challenge it is a challenge until until today we we kind of still learning how sometimes how to deal with Nawe, especially because he's growing, so his needs it's is changing. But uh, but at the same time, we you know when you get used to do all the time, always, and then it becomes so normal for us. Mm. But it's but definitely it's a handful. Like my day started with waking up, and first thing I have to make his supplements. Because I always try to keep Nawe more in the natural supplements. Like he takes the CBD, which is amazing. It's helping him 100% with the seizures. Because mm-hmm. he starts to develop seizures. Yeah, when, he, yeah. he used to have between five to six seizures. Per day. Per day. Whoa, wow. Yeah. yeah. And when he started the medication that uh, the neurologist prescribed... Um, he had a very bad reaction. So since the, since day one, when he's born, and I knew it that uh, he was prone for seizures because all 
because my my cousins, my cousins had the seizures mm. on the first year, so they didn't develop, they didn't do anything that I'm always doing. They didn't talk, they didn't walk, they just was laying down in the bed because this they, they had the seizure for the first year, so they, you know, they couldn't really develop. Mm. So since day one, when I was born, my first worry was like, I need to prevent this, the seizures. Mm. So I always was very into like get the supplements to help him to you know prevent. So when he starts to have seizures, so we 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 could get the CBD oil after, after a while. A while. Yeah. Was helping, mm -hmm. but basic waking up is take care of his vitamin, and then I have to cook his oatmeal and blend all his meal that I do for him. I have to blend. And make sure he's I I moisturize his skin, and at the same time you have to be always playful with now we always he has many friends. He has a frog friends. He has a robot friends. He has a turtle friends that help me to talk, help us, help us <laughs> to talk with him because he he listens better to those friends than to. Us. <laughs> so, so also we have to be patient, like dealing, like understanding his discomfort. So we cannot mm. do rushing, you know. We have mm. like you, we need. To, he needs to take his time to wake up, mm -hmm. you know. So he sometimes we wanna make him walk, make sure he has this exercise, and sometimes he just feel like be sitting down. So we, it's it's. Every day we just have to, as I say, go with the flow. Yeah. You know, we... Every day is different. Yes. Each, every three hours, right? So every three hours we got to feed him. Between those three hours we need to give him water. And then we need to moisturize his body. We need to emit Empty his, the liostomy bag. Mm. So when you finish... One thing you study another thing, and sometimes mm -hmm. he just act like us. Sometimes we want just to be left over at the corner, right? And we always touching him, right? We need to connect him mm -hmm. the G tube mm -hmm. to give him water. We need mm -hmm. to empty the colostomy bag. We need to give put uh, the eye drop on his eye. So sometimes he just go like, please don't touch no me, more. leave yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just you know. Yes. And plus, you are dealing with your own things as well, right? Work, mm -hmm. family, and then that's a balance that we need to have at all time because mm -hmm. he's the number one in our life, but we still have other things to, to deal with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, gotta, gotta have the balance, so... Mm -hmm. It's challenge. <laughs> were, were you guys were you guys good planners before you had Nawe? Because <laughs> yeah, I imagine man. like I I have I, I kind of have like pretty busy days I think in general, but like in terms of like things that really have to be done at a specific time, like uh, like today for example, I need to make sure that I move my car on the street from like the paid parking to the free parking, and if I don't do that, I'll get a ticket. I'll probably get a ticket. Like I'll probably not do it in time today. Brian does but, everything thirty minutes late. Yeah. But I, and, and, if, and if I had to, if Can't I had afford to, that with a child like Nawe, yeah, I have ADHD. <laughs> but uh, if I if I had to, you know, be on a schedule like that, it would be really challenging for me. But for you, was it challenging adapting to that, or were you pretty good with planning before? 
No. <laughs> it's, it's too challenging. It's too challenging. It's, yeah. it's a surprise. It's a surprise. Yeah. Every time it's like, oh, you. sometimes we need, like, we go like, oh, we need to get out of the, the house at this time. Mm. We need to plan this way at ahead. Two, yeah. three hours before, we need to start like him, give him a bath mm. and prepare mm. himself. Sometimes he got annoyed by us and he just pull. Pull up the liostomy and then poo poo everywhere. <laughs> so we are ready late, but we ha you need to give him a bath. So. <laughs> We always late. <laughs> is that, is that, was that what you were referring to when he, in the scene when you're when in he's the in the bathtub and you're like, yeah. you pulled out the yes. bag. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right. Daddy's sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you guys say that Nawe is now six? He's yes. six now, yeah. How, how does his condition affect his social life? Like, is Nawe able to socialize with other children the way that other children typically do? Or... Or is is like is he within your care twenty four hours a day? Well, I would say before coronavirus, right? <laughs> his social, yeah, he he was he was very good. I we, I used to take him to a babe group, like uh, with the kids around one year, two years, like preschool. And he used to socialize. He used to sit down and. Um, Group song, yeah, group song and, and sing. But I noticed as well that he's a kid that he he plays, he loves to play by himself, you know? Mm. Like, he don't, like, really sit and play with other kids. But uh, now with the coronavirus, because he's in the high-risk group, we make sure that um, we keep him safe so yeah. he be not socializing as much, which make even harder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. it's been a really. I mean, the it's it's so especially with a lot of people that we talk to on the podcast, like that. The last year has obviously presented challenges to absolutely mm -hmm. everybody on every level, but then you know when you talk about when you talk to people who are who are um, you know are more compromised than the average person yeah. um, with COVID, it it's. It's always so. It's always so heartbreaking when, you, when it's it's said or it's understood that like the safest thing for them is also this thing that you know prevents them from prevents us from from having you know human relationships yeah, and yeah, and exactly. and developing socially and that, and and it and it's it's su it sucks so bad that that is what's mm -hmm. safe. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really totally. hard. It's really hard. Um, I, another, th another thing that I, that I'm kind of curious about, and I hope it's okay that I ask this. I hope it's not too personal. And if it is, no, you can, don't you worry. can, we you can tell me. We are open. <laughs> don't worry. I, uh, one of the things that kind of like that, that, that you can see through the documentary is that this obviously, you know, I, and I think this, I think anyone could agree that this would be the case. I know my parents for sure, um, would be in the same boat that, Having a child with that requires so much care and requires so much attention uh, can really take a toll on on your relationship. And I'm I'm wondering how how dealing with Nawe's condition has has taken a toll on on the relationship between the two of you, and and how have you guys managed that? Like, how, how do you work through the challenges that arise from from that? 
<laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> um, it's a challenge, you know, and um, I mentioned this to, to the producer, to Maya, that uh, before the documentary, um, we start doing the film and everything. Lauren and I, we were having a really tough time in our relationship. It was like really intense. And when the documentary started to be filmed and everything, somehow the values that we have to each other was brought together, mm. you know? Like, was very special, this very special. Um, you know, like to see the care the admiration that we have for each other. And, you know, I'm sure that Lorena will be by my side, you know. Uh, that's what I, I think, that we're going to spend the rest of our life together. And one of the things that made that be so sure to me was after the, watch the documentary and leave the documentary, the, you know, mm. uh, having those cameras inside of the house, you know, watching them in, doing interview to Lorena and listening to Lorena talk the way she think about me and things that I need to, you know, um, to give more of myself to make the relationship better. And... You know, it's challenge. It's, it's very challenge. And if, like, if you don't put or if you don't have your child as a gift, things can be worse than, you know, no, can be really bad. Mm -hmm. If you start to look your child as a gift, you know, like I said, if you, the way I look at Nawi and make me so proud is that I'm 100% sure that he chose me and Lorena to be his parents. Mm -hmm. And this is what uh, make, uh, you know, my love to her be even bigger because he chose us to be his parents. So he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't know. At, at first, for a couple of years, I questioned myself, how come I was the chosen one? I don't deserve to be mm -hmm. chosen by him to his to be his father. I have so many things in my life that I still need to fix, that I still need to, to work mm -hmm. on myself as a human being. So why he chose me, you know? And then later on, after a few years, a couple years, I start to realize why he chose me. A lot of people go like, wow, your son is very lucky to have a parents like you too. But I see the other way around. I'm very lucky mm. to his, his father, to be his father, because he showed me a lot of things that I don't believe I would see if I didn't have him in my life, mm. you know? So this is how I, I, I take this. Yeah, before, a uh, little bit about relationship before we had Nawe, we used to brush our teeth together, <laughs> take a bath together. Like we didn't, I, you know, you don't dare to take a bath by yourself. You have to wait for me. We have to cook together. We always like together, together. 24 seven. We were, we were, we were a very like tight couple. And then Nawe came with all these like, 
challenge. <laughs> challenge and yeah, and very like unique that uh, we need all the attention and then whether we notice that uh, we don't have this anymore. Mm. We, you know, we put it all this at the side to, because now we need a lot of attention. So when you see it, we don't kiss as much as before. We, mm. you know, we, we don't go out. We don't even take a bath together anymore because one has to stay with Nawe because mm. I, don't know, I don't know where. Nawe can choke, Nawe can scratch. So many, many things that we used to do, we don't do at all. And, uh, but now going through with, so we went through a very hard time of a relationship because lack of attention of each other, for each mm. other. But now we very focused to, you know, to rescue at least a little bit of the feeling. So here and there, we, I live in a way with my mom. So like this Friday, I'm going to live in a way with my mom for uh, two days. So we can have a little wow. time for ourselves. So wow. we're going to run right away. <laughs> so yeah, so, but it's, it, it's, it's for sure will never be the same. And, uh, but we always, I think the important, we have to keep that in mind that uh, regardless, we, we still love each other and we, we need to show more the, this love mm. well, for yeah. each other. You know, I think it was last year, I believe, or this year, I made a challenge. Hey, I was like, Lorena, I want to challenge you for something. She was like, what? Was this year. Was this year. Yeah. She was like, what? I was like, you know, what about if we do two weeks, uh, 14 days, and uh, every day we got to dance together. One music. Uh -huh. Before we go to bed, we must dance one music together. I choose, one day I will choose the song. Next day, you choose the music and so on for two weeks. And man, <laughs> was crazy to, you know, like I remember after the, the second day, I, I getting up in the morning and be thinking about bedtime yeah. because we said this <laughs> before yeah. bedtime. Wow. We're like, okay, which music I gonna play today? Mm. And all the music that I choose was music that uh, brought us memories, mm -hmm. you know, like for something that we live it together, you know, was mm. so special, you know, very special. I even told my mom and dad, you know, you guys have been married for 37 <laughs> years, 38 years. You guys should you do that. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a you secret, gotta do yeah. it. It's a secret sauce. You heard it. Yeah. You heard it here yeah. first. I've never. I. I, I mean, I've. I, you know, I've. I I've that. danced with with Kylo before, but that's a. Uh, but uh, to to set a time and do it do it for mm. two weeks straight. That's mm -hmm. amazing. I was really. Um. I. I. I just want to say that on. It really stood out in the documentary your honesty with your relationship and the challenges that mm -hmm. um, that that came up and it, it really did shine through and I'm and I'm I'm really happy to hear that it was a that it, that it was a that it was a really positive experience for your relationship to to do that because we we were also fortunate enough to um, to have a documentary uh, film from CB, by CBC a couple of few, uh, well actually like three or four years ago now yeah. and. And just from that experience where you're being asked questions um, about about some like really tough stuff, and uh, you know I, I know a lot of people get get kind of um, get kind of uh, you know maybe 
guarded when the camera's around, but sometimes the camera can really kind of bring out um, a, a, a degree of honesty and it's openness. Reflection. That's, it, it forces yeah. you to reflect in a way that you typically wouldn't, you know, and, yeah. and like, and that open, that reflection, like out in the open in front of the people that you care about and, and them seeing you reflect in that mm-hmm. way, kind of like what you said, uh, Sapo, about hearing what Lorena was saying about you. It's like you, when you hear that reflection in such an open and honest way, it, it really does like have an effect on the way that you then start to see the world, you know, and the way that you, the lens that you see the world through. So yeah. But the the interesting thing though is that you know you don't have to have a, a documentary made about you no, to yeah, have you this don't. experience because really what nope, we're talking it's the about only way. is. We're we're talking about having open and honest conversations about the things that that Mm -hmm. really matter. And well, like I was thinking of this in this documentary that that we did. I had this really like honest conversation with my mom, who was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And the 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 scene that you see on the TV is this small segment of this of this much larger conversation that we had. Mm -hmm. And the thing on the TV is one thing, but that conversation that opened the door for me to have many more conversations like that with her going forward. And yes, that was a tool that helped have that. But for somebody who, who might be listening, who isn't going to be in the position where they're going to have a documentary made about them in the near future. (laughs) One thing that they can do is just think about some of these questions that they want to ask the person that are really meaningful and important for them to um, know the answer about or, or talk about, because I think we get, oftentimes caught so much in the day-to-day that we forget mm. about thinking about the bigger picture and the future, and it's mm-hmm. important to have those moments to reflect on that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you know, um, before COVID, I used to travel a lot with Capoeira, right? I used to almost every month go to somewhere, go to the state, Europe, Asia, Asia. And when Lorena had Naui, because I already had the kind of life about traveling, teaching workshop, doing shows, performance. I was always on the stage, right? Oh, the special guests and blah, blah, blah. And then, then we came to, to our life. Then I was like, wow, what about now? Right? Mm-hmm. What about now? People is going to start to ask me questions about my son. And how I going to act with this? How is it going to be? And it was a, a, a challenge, you know, it was a challenge because I was this guy, you know, traveling, you know, like always on the stage. But now I was not mm, by myself anymore. I had Naui. Mm. People wanted to ask questions. And when I go out with Naui, doesn't matter if it's to the grocery store, if it's to the bank, to the airport, to the park, everybody look at us mm-hmm. at all yeah. time. A raw time, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's like it's and, and different. You can see different re- reactions. Some people really really feel compassion, and some people really give the look judging. Of, yeah, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, he need to be <laughs> yeah very. What would you say, um, you know, if if right now there was someone listening to this podcast who just recently had a child and found out that their child is living with a certain condition or disability or illness, what would you say is like the two of you, what would you say would be your, your biggest piece of advice for for those new parents going into this journey that they really 
there's a lot of fog in front of them and they just really don't know what to expect. Um, first thing that came on my mind, uh, advice is just treat your child as a normal kid, you know, like don't, you know, like I would say, don't, um, how can I say? Don't make your life miserable. Don't, don't see like a problem, you know, feel special. And as well, like, don't, don't, don't think that your child, because of their wellness, whatever, can not do things. Like, always, always try. Always, always keep trying mm. your best for, for, to develop, you know, like, to, because now we, like, as I said, I don't have many experience. The experience that I had was looking, remember my cousins. And I, I remember when I was born, the first thing came to my mind was, oh my God, my son will, will be laying down in the bed. He could not walk because that's the thoughts that I have from my cousins, all, you know, that way. And then slowly, I always more, more, was more, more motivating in a way to walk, to sit, to talk. And so, you know, I was like, no, like, oh, my son is like this. So I would just leave him like this. I was always motivating him to to grow, to do his best, you know, to develop. Mm. So I always say, like, just don't see only the realness as a picture. You see, like, just like, regardless, still a human being. Mm. Now he has a condition, but we adapt his life into our life, mm -hmm. you know? And I think it's very important to think that way. You know, because if you have a special need, probably you're going to start to eat a lot. You know, you're going to be home inside. You're going to walk on the street with your head down. No, you know, heads up, be proud for what you have and keep moving, keep moving. You know, that that's is what I think. That's my message. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, for us to live in this world, you got to be playful. And I think that's like exactly. that, that, that's the piece. That's the I piece, was going right? to say exactly. take up capoeira, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, or that. Yeah, that too, hundred yeah. percent. Well, uh, Sapo, Lorena, this has been a real pleasure, a real joy to sit down and talk to you, and and to get a little bit of insight into your lives and what it's like to raise such a such a beautiful little boy like Nawe. He's so so cute. And, uh, and I'm really glad to know that he is with, uh, he's so lucky to have parents like you. That's really, really does mean a lot. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for and, the invitation. Uh, uh, if, if somebody's in Toronto and wants capoeira lessons, uh, yeah, where, where do, can where they do we go? go? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm teaching capoeira outdoor since last year, since COVID got here, I have been teaching at Dufferin Park, Dufferin Grove Park. All right. And, uh, every Tuesdays and Thursdays. From 6 to 7.30. And on Sunday, I do music and rhythm from 5 to 6.30. Amazing. Sweet. So they should come and try. It's yeah. pretty amazing. So uh, yeah, really the cool. park, like keeping the distance, open space, and lots yes. of good vibes. That's it. Cool. If you're listening to this right now and you're in the middle of work and it's falling around that time, drop your drop your phone, just close your computer, go outside. And come uh, to the at therapy. least come watch some, <laughs> some capoeira. That's right. Go to therapy. Yes. 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 Right, 100%. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you Thanks. so much. Thank you. Thank you.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.